right. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're ready to go for three hours today. Buckle up because it's going to be a busy one. Greg hires a new head coach out in Mexico State. The band is playing. They've got the press conference starting here momentarily. Let's see if we can hear what the band is doing. All right, so the band is getting everything ready. We will, um, when Mario Mocha comes up to introduce uh, Greg Heyer, we will cut to that. And then the new uh, coach will join us for a one-on-one in our 5 o'clock hour. Adrian, this really should not come as a surprise. We thought it was going to be a two-man job between James Miller and Greg Heyer. And from what I gather, it's exactly the case. Miller impressed in a big way in the interview, made it a very tough decision for Mario Mocha. But when it was all said and done, the man that led um, North Florida State Junior College to that national championship this year and has the direct ties with Chris Jans and Greg Marshall ends up uh, succeeding Jans out at NMSU. Yes, and somebody who's just flat out a winner. Greg Heyer has won at every uh, stage he's been at as a head coach. And uh, yeah, I mean, he coached at the junior college level, uh, really turned around Northwest Florida State after they were pretty much in the gutter uh, and just weren't the best team at all out of the junior college ranks. Look at what he did. He led him to a JUCO National Championship earlier this month. He was a coveted coach, and now the Aggies will have an opportunity to have him as their 27th head coach in program history. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's going on as we speak. Also, over the weekend, we found out that Greg Lanier was hired as the new head coach at SMU. There were rumblings that SMU could have been looking at Joe Golding uh, as uh, their next uh, head coach after uh, Grant McCaslin turned them down after that's what they targeted all along. But McCaslin decided to stay at North Texas. But ultimately, they went to, to a guy that had Texas Tech ties, was at Georgia State, now comes back to the Lone Star State, and we'll see what he can do at SMU. Yes, and and now the rumors are silenced. Joe Golding staying here in El Paso, at least for foreseeable future. I know somebody on social media was asking, well, you know, what about other head coaching vacancies that could pop up? I would just say right now, if you're a, a program that has a head coaching vacancy, A, something's wrong because yeah. most of the head coaching vacancies are done with, and B, I would not see Joe Golding is that likely candidate. He's happy in El Paso, and he's he's going to stay here in the foreseeable future. So let me say this, all right? I believe that Golding's name will come up every year just like Jan's, okay? I'm just going to tell that to minor fans right now. Do not be surprised if Joe Golding's name gets mentioned for a lot of jobs every year. But unlike uh, SMU, I think that when the time comes for Golding to get out of here, it will be for a high major job, just like uh, Jans at Mississippi State. That's what I believe. I don't think you will ever see Joe Golding take uh, a bump to like a, an SMU, which granted pays $2 million, but it's not in a high major conference. It's in the AAC. Ultimately, if you're going to leave, you want to go to the Pac-12, the SEC, the Big Ten, um, or uh, you know the Big 12, and some would even say the Big East because they have a good basketball program too, but I, I really could never see Joe Golding in the Big East. Point is, you want to go to one of the top uh, conferences in the country. That's ultimately what it's all about. And I think that until then, yeah, Joe's name might come up a lot in, in other jobs, just like this uh, potential situation SMU happened over the weekend. But you know what? 
I don't think he's going anywhere. He just got here. And I believe that Joe's the kind of guy that wants to do deliver on what he promised, which is take UTEP back to prominence, something that hasn't really been done in well over a decade. And people who would disagree with us and say, well, you know, you can't count out a coach in Conference USA making a, what we think a lateral move would be to go to uh, another conference like the AAC or the Mountain West, whatever it may be. Uh, and then they might cite Eric Conkle, who left Louisiana yep. Tech and went over uh, and now is the head coach at Tulsa. The big thing to know about Eric Conkle is he was a student assistant at Tulsa, so this was kind of his dream job right there. Joe Golding is here at UTEP. I don't see him leaving for another mid-major school. I would definitely see him parlaying this job into a Power 5 gig. So the press conference at New Mexico State has just begun. Uh, Charlie Hurley, who handles the uh, media over there at SMU, at uh, New Mexico State for the uh, men's basketball program, is kicking it off. And I believe they've got uh, Gary Carruthers lined up and then Mario Mocha. And then we'll hear from uh, the new head coach, Greg Heyer. And um, we'll navigate around commercials like we always do. But assuming we can deliver all that to you, you'll get a chance to hear uh, a portion of that press conference as it happens live here today. And then we'll get to Coach Hire on the show uh, coming up in our 5 o'clock hour. Now, the other big story today, and that is the fact that um, Tristan Newton officially put his name into the transfer portal, ending speculation that he would go back to East Carolina and play for a new head coach, Mike Schwartz. So that's not happening. He is now going to spend his final two years someplace else. The big question will be, ultimately, could it be UTEP? Now, um, most believe, and, and I think it's a very good argument, that Newton can play uh, uh, you know, and start at a um, potential high major. It's it's very possible, okay? It's not necessarily going to happen, but I believe that Tristan Newton has shown enough in three years, Adrian, to play at a high major. However, I don't think any high major is going to offer Juwan and Tristan as a combo. That is something UTEP could do, and uh, given what we all think will be a busy week in terms of the transfer portal and other news regarding this current roster, there could very easily become two uh, spots opening up in the guard rotation for both of them next season. What we learned over the weekend from UTEP basketball is they continue to reach out to Division One transfers who are guards. So they're being very guard-oriented to start things off in the recruiting rounds, which, I mean, could mean something, could mean nothing when it's all said and done. But I, I still look back at what you're saying with Tristan Newton. Getting them as getting him as a package deal with his brother Jawan, who also was very successful in playing basketball at Evansville. I love the fit for so many reasons. Of course, there are cousins in Aaron and Alvin Jones paved the way for uh, hometown athletes to have a lot of success with their hometown school at UTEP yep. so that's a that's something to mention and hey the previous coaching staff didn't recruit him but this is a new coaching staff maybe the new coaching staff now that these two the two brothers are in the portal can now make a formal approach and really try to make a big push and get these two brothers here uh, to UTEP it wouldn't surprise me it would not surprise me one bit the only question is going to be and this is something we don't know how bad does Tristan want to play with Juwan does he want to play bad enough where he would come back home and come to UTEP and, and both of them could come together? Or will uh, Tristan want to play at, at a high major and not worry? Well, we'll think about that in a little bit. Here's Mario Mocha coming up to the podium. How's everybody doing today? We're good, Mario. How are you? Man, introduce, I like that. Introducing a new coach. How's everybody doing today? I know it's a big event when Jeff Grammer... A New Mexico State Aggie alum comes all the way down from, 
from Albuquerque to cover this. So, Jeff, we really appreciate you being here, okay? Oh, he's getting a round of applause, too. All right, wonderful. That'll be the last time. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming today, and thanks for those who are watching on Aggie Vision. Uh, today we open up another chapter in Aggie basketball history, but first I'd like to say thank you uh, to the band, uh, our Spirit Squad, and Pistol Pete for being here. We really appreciate it. Big round of applause for those guys. Thank you. Uh, certainly a big thank you also to Chancellor Arvizu uh, as well. He played a big part in our joining Conference USA. Uh, he's been uh, very supportive of intercollegiate athletics in general. So, boss, thank you for all you do for athletics. We really appreciate it. I also have to shout out to uh, another bigwig over here, and that's the chair of the Board of Regents. That's Amu Devastali. So, Amu, who's a season ticket holder, sits right here courtside. So, Coach, you know, she might be giving you some signals, uh, but uh, Amu, thanks for being here. We appreciate that. And certainly, uh, and last but not least, I got to uh, give a shout out to my wife, Heidi, for being here. Uh, put up with me during this search where I kind of lock everything out and just focus on it. And poor Addie and Gemma, they had spring break, and I was like, you're going to have to leave Dad alone, and we'll make it up to you. So thanks for hanging out with dear old Dad, guys. Gemma would be wearing that Jabari Rice t-shirt, but they don't make them in kids' sizes yet. So Jabari, you might want to have a word with Brian Cox about that, okay? All right. Hey, I certainly want to thank some uh, various people who assisted in our search process. Uh, first, the committee. You know, we put together a diverse group with specific athletic, academic, and business backgrounds. Uh, some of them are here today, and I want to recognize them. One is uh, Dr. Kevin Melendrez, our faculty athletic rep. Kevin, where are you? Oh, he's back there on the right. Oh, there you go, Kev. And uh, three great supporters of Aggie Athletics, and I think they're all here. One is Dino Cervantes, the vice president of Cervantes Enterprises. Dino, are you here? Dino's over here. You guys didn't get an argument during this, right? You're standing on opposite ends. Uh, oh, you're standing by Coach Kill. Yeah, now the basketball's over. You're a football fan again. I see that. All right. Uh, John, he John Hummer, the president of uh, Burrell College of Osteopathic Medicine. John, raise your hand. All right. Kind of a weak hand raise for the president, John, but thanks for being here. And uh, Tim Hargrove, the executive vice president of Citizens Bank. Is Tim here? Well, he's hopefully cashing that check for the Aggies. All right. Uh, I'd also like to thank our athletic staff who participated in this process. Uh, Bron Cartwright, James Hall. Chet Savage, Ed Pasaski, and Maria Rocha Hall. They did a lot of behind-the-scenes work, uh, doing all the prep work, getting the candidates from here to there. So thank you to my staff, because I know that we got a small staff and they kind of dropped everything too. So thank you guys. <clears throat> and finally, I'd like to thank the finalists. You know, they were a very impressive group, uh, and there was an unbelievable amount of interest uh, in this job. Uh, I spoke with them yesterday, and I know they all appreciated uh, being included in the process. And um, as I start the comments, um, I was just thinking, you know, the last two times we hired a basketball coach, I didn't need cheaters to read my notes, so I uh, must be getting older. But uh, a little recap for everybody on the selection process. On Sunday, March 20th, uh, at about 11 a.m., I was informed that Chris Jans would be accepting the head men's basketball coaching job at Mississippi State University. Um, the search committee uh, met as a group last Wednesday, uh, interviewed three finalists in El Paso, 
And it was through this search that I believe we found the right coach in Greg Heyer. As we all know, we lost a tremendous coach in Chris Jans to Mississippi State University. In five years, he delivered an overall record of 122 and 32, a 12 and 3 record in rivalry games versus UNM and UTEP, seven wins over Power Five teams, four regular season WAC championships, three WAC tournament championships, and has the fifth best winning percentage among active Division I head coaches at 77%. So the question is, how on earth do you replace that? Okay. Well, this is what I think we got with Coach Heyer. He has played for Chris Jans at Kirkwood Community College. He coached with them at Chipola College and during their tremendous, unprecedented mid-major run at Wichita State, where they both, as well as ACC Coach of the Year, Wake Forest Steve Forbes, coached under uh, Greg Marshall who has won four different National Coach of the Year awards. Okay? He also coached at Southern Mississippi with Larry Eustacey, who has won two different National Coach of the Year awards. He's won an SEC championship at LSU and coached in the NCAA tournament with seven different teams, including one Final Four. He most recently took a 6-15 and team from last season and this month won the National Championship uh, for Northwest Florida State College. I believe he knows the blueprint to keep Aggie basketball successful, okay? He currently owns the best winning percentage in the nation at any level for active head coaches at 91% with a 195 and 20 overall record. I know the guy can recruit because he has a tremendous wife in Jessica. Jessica, could you stand up, please? How about a round of applause? I would like to officially welcome you as the first lady of Aggie basketball, okay? And as well, and I know she's not here, but daughter Alexis, a.k.a. Lexi, we'll be meeting her later. Um, now, what sold me the most on Greg was his fit for our program, fit for our program, and his relationships with his student-athletes, through his tenure as a coach, as well as an incredible passion and a focus to win on a consistent basis at the highest level. So Coach Heyer has hit the ground running, he's met with his team, and he's ready to go. At this time, it's my pleasure to introduce the 27th head coach of our New Mexico State Aggies, Coach Greg Heyer. They're doing the jersey presentation right now with the crimson basketball jersey higher and the number one on the back. And in a moment, as you're listening to the live press conference, introductory press conference, Greg Heyer will address uh, the, those assembled at the Pan Am Center. And uh, here is Greg Heyer. Well, I, too, I'm a little younger than Mario, but I, too, got readers, too, already. So I'm going to be able to see this fine, Mario. Wow. What an honor. I'm truly blessed to be standing here in front of Aggie Nation as your next head men's basketball coach. I'm just thrilled and honored um, and just so happy. But first of all, I want to thank everybody for coming out today. This is a very impressive press conference. 
I was very impressed when I was, got introduced at Northwest Florida State last year, and we had uh, the whole section full, but it wasn't like this. This is amazing. So this is a, just a testament to what type of basketball program I'm stepping into as a leader of this basketball program, and it just speaks volume for this university and this community. Second, I'd like to thank Mario and his beautiful wife, Heidi, for the opportunity they gave me here at, North, at New Mexico State uh, University. And then, obviously, Chancellor Dan, all right, Avizu, right? Uh, good, I got it right, okay. I really, I really appreciate the, the, the Zoom call that we had and the energy and the passion and the, just the love that you have for this place, and I could feel it through that Zoom call. So I'm just truly thankful um, for that. Next, I want to thank all my former players. I wouldn't be standing here today in front of all you if it wasn't for my former players. This game is a player's game. I'm all about my players. I've always been about my players. I always will be about my players. For me, I got a simple philosophy. Listen, try, apply, and compete. Those are all controllables. Those are all the things they control. But it's very important that we, as coaches, invest time getting to know and investing in their lives and who they are as people because people are what make everything possible in this world. And, you know, I'm very, very thankful and fortunate to have 15 former players that I've recruited that have recruited or and coached that are playing in the NBA and numbers of guys playing overseas in the Euro League, G League, other means of professional basketball where they can put money in their pocket before they hit the real world. So I'm just truly, truly thankful and blessed for all my former players. I want to thank, yes. I'll get to the current players here in a second, so sit tight, fellas. We had a great meeting yesterday. I really enjoyed being around them. Um, I want to thank my former coaches that I've worked for. Mario had mentioned them. Uh, it starts off, obviously, with the GOAT, Chris Jans. Right? How lucky am I to be able to play for the man that just led this program to new heights? Right? I played for him. I got to coach under him. I got to learn from him. I coached with him. He was my next-door neighbor. We watched film together in the basement. We would get in fist fights over schemes and, and ways that we wanted to cover the other team. And, and that's the type of passion and commitment he has and I have to winning. So I want to, you know, first and foremost, thank him, Chris Jans, first. <laughs> then I was blessed... After I got the opportunity working for Chris to go work for Larry Eustachy, I had many opportunities to leave and go to Division I. I was a young coach. I needed to go to work for somebody that had a lot of experience. Larry had won 12 games, I think, the year before I came at, at Southern Miss, and everybody was saying, why are you going there? He's going to get fired. I took three players with me. We went on to set a school record in wins, 
and he went on to New Heights and got another job at Colorado State because of our winning ways. But I truly am very thankful for what I learned from Larry about accountability, defense, rebounding, and taking care of the ball, and just how simple the game is. We had one play. It was called elbow. Throw it to the best player at the elbow, and everybody else get the beep out the way. <laughs> That's one of my favorite Larry moments. We never practiced offense one day for the whole two years I was there. Then I got an opportunity to go work for Greg Marshall. Greg Marshall is an unbelievable basketball coach and winner and systematic guy that is tremendous offense, defense, schematic, and preparation. And he, or excuse me, and Chris and I got to work together under Greg Marshall, and we kind of all gelled together as one and turned those six years, you know, four of them, Chris was with us for four, but six of them into the best six years in the history of Wichita State basketball. Then I, then I went on to uh, LSU. I, that was a short stint there. And I, uh, but I want to thank Jason Shea for him giving me the opportunity when I left LSU to go to East Tennessee. And then finally, I want to thank Dr. Stevenson and Ramsey Ross at Northwest Florida State for giving me the opportunity that has changed my life to take a six-win team and turn them into a 31-win team and a national championship. And every single person in the program was brand new. There, I had one player I brought back from the team. He got injured, unfortunately. So every coach, every player was all new. And in the over the course of one year, through the hard work and commitment and dedication from all those players, we ended up winning five games in six days, and we were the national champions of junior college. So I'm truly honored and blessed for the opportunity they gave me at Northwest Florida. Finally, <laughs> finally I want to thank my family. All right, family is what we all say on three. Family means to me, forget about me, I love you. All right, and people use the word family very loosely. We're not gonna use the word family loosely at all because we are a tight-knit family. My wife, Jessica, who Mario introduced, is present here today, okay? My daughter, Alexis, is at the university, she's a sophomore at the University of Iowa, all right? She, she wasn't able to make it, but my parents, Gary and Jeannie Heyer have taught me and installed an incredible work ethic. They've run a restaurant for 48 years. My mom's been the cook. My dad's been the bartender. And they've just installed work ethic. You see them getting up every day at 8 in the morning. You see them coming home at night at 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning and doing it all over again the next day. Nothing substitutes for hard work. And I can promise you, Aggie Nation, we're going to work tremendously hard here in our men's basketball program. That's one thing I can assure you, and that's a controllable of mine, and that's a controllable of the players. Uh, work ethic is something that's been installed in me through my family, and it will be continued to be installed in my players all right, as we move forward. All right, so I'm truly blessed and honored. And then my brothers. I got a brother, Tim, a brother, Nick, and a sister, Hillary, who mean the world to me, and I just want to send a shout out to them as well. <clears throat>
You're listening once again to the Greg Heyer introductory press conference at New Mexico State. As he finishes his opening remarks, we'll take the time out and come back with more. But let's get back right now to the New Mexico State head coach. We have one daughter, like I said earlier. We're very, very, we're a very, very supportive family. My wife's sister, Shauna Green, just got the head women's basketball job at the University of Illinois. So we, we are a basketball family. We believe in, in the players. We understand the time. She understands the time. We all understand the time it takes to have them to the house, to feed them, to entertain them. We'll have a, an entertainment house for not only the players, but for the community as well to come over. And, and our door is always going to be open to the community and to our players because why would we change? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So th- that is something that is v- valuable to our family, and our family is the players. We're going to go ahead. We'll take the time out now. We'll come back. We'll let you listen in to more of the press conference as it continues out in uh, Las Cruces. But first, here's Charlie One. With Char- oh, no, no, Charlie. Let's just get right to uh, this time out. Come back with more in a moment. We left off, and that is uh, new head coach of the New Mexico State Aggies, Greg Heyer, who will join us a little bit later in the show, uh, meeting the community, the media, and obviously those assembled at the Pan Am Center. Here he is. Moving on to that, the community. We've been blessed to take in every community that we've been a part of. We've cultivated lifelong relationships in every community that we've been to. We go on vacation with friends still from Hattiesburg, from Wichita, from Baton Rouge, from even Johnson City, Tennessee, our one year there, um, Chipola. That's something that means the world to us. You guys are super important. We can't do what we need to do without the support of the community, the university, and everybody that's involved in Aggie basketball. So I promise you, we're going to cultivate relationships. We're going to get to know all you guys, and we're going to have a great time. All right, that's really, really important to us. All right, and and I'm just, I can assure you, that we're going to do that. A little bit about the history of this program. I'm honored that Lute Henson, Lou Henson, was the head coach here. A Hall of Famer, took him to the Final Four. When Mario, I first met Mario and Chris first came here, I can remember looking up Aggie basketball and saying, wow, they've been to a Final Four before. That means if it's happened before, history repeats itself. It can happen again. And then you have Chris Jans, who obviously I've talked in depth about already, but what he's done here to take this program and build the culture, the identity of, of, of these players over here, just the, the way that they play. I'm so familiar and comfortable with the team because 
Chris is a role model to me and always has been. So I've always, anytime the Aggies are on, my team at Northwest knows all about the Aggies because even when we were at the national tournament, we had their tournament game on in our meeting room, and my whole team was down there watching, and they're standing up, and they ran Jacksonville. It's a money play for us when we need a two-point basket. We don't want to call a timeout. They ran Jacksonville. Sure enough, they got got a two-point, and my team just stood up and ran around the room like somebody dunked on the whole lane. Like, Coach, they just ran Jacksonville. They just ran Jacksonville. So, um, you know, that, that that's a true story, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit about how we're going to play. We're going to compete hard. We're going to compete smart. We're going to compete together, and we're going to have a lot of fun. I used to use the term or model, play hard, play smart, play together. I changed when I went to Northwest Florida because kids today don't compete enough. They play all the time, and when they lose, they play again. And when they lose, they play again. So competing is something that is just different. When you compete, you're comp you compete to win. So we're going to compete hard compete smart, compete together, and when you do that, you have a heck of a lot of fun winning championships. So that's going to be our simple model of how we're going to play here. I, not much is going to change. My personality is different than Chris's personality, I, but we came up from the same roots, and, and we have a lot of things basketball-wise that are very, very similar. Something that is really important to me is player development. And it's been important to me ever since I got into basketball. We do basketball school every single day. We work on ball handling, finishing, reads, schemes, fakes, pivots, basic fundamentals that the best players in the world is the reason why they make it to the highest level is because not only do they have an, an elite amount of God-given ability, but they are tremendous fundamentally. And we are going to work on fundamentals every single day because this is about the players and it's about them getting better every single day. And when they feel good about themselves and they feel like they're getting better, they'll run through the wall for you. And that's what we're going to do around here. <clears throat> I've been fortunate to be a head coach for six years. Those six years have prepared me for this opportunity. When you're a head coach, you deal with a lot, on the court, off the court, building community support, getting out in the community, um, just preparing your team, um, things administratively on campus, uh, just you deal with a lot. And that is really what is gonna prepare me for this opportunity. Obviously, the, I've talked in depth about the coaches that I've worked for, but having that head coaching experience is priceless. And being able to, you know, every single day as a head coach, you determine uh, what your assistant coaches do, what your team does, um, the drills that you're gonna do, the amount of time you're gonna spend on, you know, player development, uh, offense, defense, competitive drills, et cetera, et cetera. And for whatever reason, my players, I've, all, all my previous players, they all at some point during the year call me Houdini because <laughs> they, they, they say, 
coach, how'd you know I'm so good in this spot on the floor? Well, I trust my eyes. Like, I've seen you take that shot from that spot 500 times and make it 400, so why wouldn't we put you in that position to be successful? Um, you know, that's development. And, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to do that, but that head coaching experience is, is valuable for this opportunity moving forward. Many coaches would be scared of this opportunity to take over after the success of Coach Jans. I'm excited and really looking forward to the challenge of doing it. I've done it one time before at Chipola. We were 32 and five. We took over a program. He was a head coach, I was the assistant. We turned it around in one year, he left, and I took it to a whole nother level. So I'm excited about this opportunity. I'm not scared to replace Chris Jans, okay? I'm excited for this opportunity, and he'd be the first one to tell you guys I'm the right man for the job. One Jan story quick before I, before I wrap this up and take questions. When I first played for Chris Jans, the second day we had conditioning at 6.30 in the morning. He's 27 years old. It's his first year as a head coach. I show up two minutes late. Now, there's 30-plus there's players trying out for the team now, and I'm two minutes late. I don't think it's no big deal. He said, Greg, he said, you ain't lifting weights or doing conditioning today. He said, get down there on the court. I said, okay. And the, the weight room is above the court. So the whole team's up there. He says, all right, start going around and touching the net or the backboard. And so we had one, two, three, four, five, six hoops. So I started going around. It's 10 minutes. I'm start over. Why start over? You didn't touch the net or the backboard. Coach, I've been running around for 10 straight minutes. These guys, these guys know what I'm talking about too, right? Accountability, discipline. He had me doing that for an hour. Do you think I was ever late again? <laughs> so he taught me at a young age, and he knew at a young age what it's all about to be successful. And that's having accountability and holding people accountable to what is right and what you expect and having high expectations for people. We always strive, right? We always strive for perfection to achieve excellence. You've heard him say that over and over. That's our model. And it's going to continue to be our model moving forward. Like Mario said, again, I played for him. I worked for him, we worked together, it's prepared me for this opportunity. And I'm so, so excited, Aggie Nation stand up, we're going to get this thing popping, all right, we're going we gonna to get it going, all right. What you're going to learn about me is I'm full of Energy, passion, competitiveness, and confidence. That's what I'm about. Energy, passion, competitiveness, and confidence. And ain't nothing going to change. The last thing I want to say before I take questions is I want to speak to the players. What you guys have accomplished here this past year is amazing. It's amazing. Give them a hand.
Winning at any level is hard, let alone winning NCAA tournament games and surviving and advancing. All right? That was an amazing accomplishment. I want to coach all of you. I want to get to know all of you. I want to invest in you. I want to help each and every one of you become the best version of yourself through trust, belief, and just spending time together, all right, getting to know you guys, and, and just building this thing, okay? That's, that's, that's really how I want to end this because, like I started, I thanked my players. That's the reason why I'm here, for being up here. I want to coach you players here and continue to do big things together. And the culture, the identity, and everything that it takes to win NCAA tournament games is sitting right over there. So there you go. That's the press conference for uh, Greg Heyer. And boy, how about that? Making the plea to the team in front of them at the press conference, telling them that he wants to coach them all. And, uh, you know, sometimes you always have to try to re-recruit the players while he's doing it in his press conference today. Yeah, great stuff right there. Met with the players last night. Love the energy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, very interesting press conference all the way around, Steve, the way that he referenced Chris Jans multiple times and, uh, and you know, basically said that Chris Jans would think that Greg Heyer is the right man for this job. This is a, a very very interesting press conference all the way around. Steve on Wrestler just tweeted, I know some El Pasoans will whine about broadcasting the new head coach presser for the dreaded Aggies, but I like to get to know who I'll be booing at in the foreseeable future. So thank you, Steve. Good stuff. Good stuff right there. Hey, and I'll say this. What was your biggest takeaway from this? Because he talked about, you know, hard work. He talked about a lot of different things, development, fundamentals, accountability, discipline, uh, listen, try, apply, complete. A lot of uh, compete. There was a lot of words in there. A lot of words he was using in terms of his strategy. Well, I still look at recruiting because you have to build the foundation. So the fact that he ended off with uh, s- sending off all those words to try to get the players to come back and play with the Aggies, I think that was a huge takeaway right there that he's actively re recruiting the current players on the roster. I think it's also interesting to note who is there and who is not. So, I mean, some of the local reporters have tweeted those, thi- those information and those things out and I feel like that would be my biggest takeaway. Who's going to stay and what's the pitch right there from the head coach? Absolutely right, especially with the portal uh, doing what it's doing right now. We'll come back and we'll give you some more portal news involving uh, UTEP minor basketball, including a prominent member of the women's team opting to play elsewhere next season. We'll give you that and a whole lot more as Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. What is it with you and Greta Van Fleet? What are you at? You in love with this band all of a sudden now? I promise you they're just in the rotation. There's nothing with there's no nothing more to this story. You sure? I'm positive. All right. That's like that's like two days now in a row. I'm wondering about you a little bit there, Adrian. There's a lot of streaks that we've got. I think we we throw uh, on a lot of uh, eagles. We uh, do day to day. We do. Top is in the rotation a lot. Yes. Um, and so Greta Van Vliet joining the rotation. There are a lot of songs that are played on KLAQ with Greta Van Vliet or Fleet. Is it Fleet or Vleet? It's an Fleet. F. It's Fleet. I'm thinking okay. Fred Van Vleet. So that's wondering. how much I don't know this band. There you You've go. You've got sports on your mind. Yeah, You've, that's o- you've exactly always right. got sports on your mind, right? 
Thank you. Hey, Thank what a you. weekend, by the way. Let's Hey, let's recap the weekend for just a second because we jumped into that New Mexico State press conference so fast. We didn't talk about Duke, North Carolina now in the uh, national semifinals for the first time in the history of this rivalry. They've never played in the tournament, and now they're in the final four semis. That's phenomenal. Villanova gets Kansas. We're going to have a really, really good Final Four, and these could be some terrific basketball games. I'm glad we're sticking to basketball as far as uh, the weekend coverage and, and just in terms of what happened in the world, Steve. Uh, and basketball-wise, uh, Elite Eight was a little bit of a dud just it, across the Not a the little board. bit. It was a dud. Yeah, it was. And and I'll, I'll be honest, the Sweet 16 was awesome. I mean, the Thursday-Friday games were just a lot of fun to watch. And then, uh, you know, Saturday-Sunday hit, and they were boring games. They yep. just were, were duds. And um, now we're looking at Duke being one of the more dominant teams. We got the matchup that we all hoped for, North Carolina Duke, and maybe Coach K's last game, or maybe he continues this run. And then on the other side, man, Villanova looks fantastic. They Kansas do. looks strong. I can't wait for that matchup as well. Oh, that's going to be great. Jay Wright's got such a good program. Oh, my God. You see what he's built, and it's just it's a, it's a machine. We thought that Houston was maybe one of the front runners to win it all, and man, Villanova just stopped that uh, all those notions right away. How about a 50-44 game? What a low-scoring game that turned out to be. Yeah, low-scoring across the board. Yeah. It just wasn't a lot of points uh, po- uh, posted by all these teams over the weekend. It was low-scoring defensive efforts, or you know, in the Elite Eight, uh, from that sense, it was just clamps were down and uh, shots weren't falling for the the losing teams. No, that's true. But I will say this: um, North Carolina is just fun. They're fun to watch. They bomb away from three. Duke looked really strong in their game. But if if Coach K is going to lose in the tournament, it should come against North Carolina, right? Isn't it only fitting that that could very well be where he gets bounced out of his finale by by a team that no doubt has been the biggest rival uh, throughout the course of his career? Man, it would just add to more of the legacy for the North Carolina Tar Heel program because a, they beat him on his final game at his own court. I mean, at Cameron Indoor, his final game for Coach K, they they surprised him. And, and North Carolina was not on people's radar before right. the tournament started. They were a team that was just kind of, you know, middle of the pack, kind of pedestrian. And everything has kind of come together uh, down this stretch. They were able to fend off the Cinderella uh, Darlings and St. Peter's over the weekend with ease. I mean, th- this, uh, this North Carolina Duke game, highly anticipated, and maybe – you're, you're right. Maybe it's fitting that it comes to an end right here against uh, the rivals. Meanwhile, I love Caleb Love. I love him. And by the way, could um, Ian Eagle have any more um, uh, loveisms during the broadcast when he was just when when North Carolina went on to advance into the Elite Eight, which really was a terrific game because that was just a slugfest and a, a fun one to watch. I thought that in that game, all you heard was uh, every kind of adjective the descriptions possible for uh you know for love and 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 that performance really which was uh, a lot of fun a lot of fun to watch and um you know they were great and that by the way that game against ucla was phenomenal that to me was one of the most exciting um you know sweet 16 games i've seen in a long time that was my favorite uh, game of the weekend, no doubt about it. I love juicing for uh, UCLA. He's a phenomenal scorer. Maybe he plays at the next level. They don't really have that NBA prospect, but maybe he gets picked up on a team. And then on the other side with North Carolina, everybody wanted to talk about Manic. It's the beard. It's the headband that he wears. It's the outside shooting that he could score from all three levels. And then it's you know Caleb Love stealing the show and uh, Baycott down low, yeah. you know, doing the dirty work. And that's exactly how they they won against UCLA. That's exactly how they beat St. Peter's. 
and uh, maybe it's you know the the collection of this group they've all gelled together. Maybe it's uh, North Carolina's year. Maybe they're going to make a special run and continue it this weekend. Manic just seems like somebody took Bill Walton, put him in uh, from his UCLA days, stuck him in a jar, shook him up, and he came out as Brady Manic. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that, that's a good. I like that assessment right there. And uh, somebody who's like a little undersized for that position at six foot nine, but man, somebody who could score at all levels. He could definitely play at the next level because he could hit shots from the perimeter. He could bang down low, and uh, he's just a gritty uh, player. And I, I really liked Brady Manick. I did too. I did too. By the way, um, there's a reason why nobody's been able to get into the phones today. We have new numbers. Is our hotline still the same, or has yes, that changed? Our hotline is the same. All right, so if you want to get into the show today, let me give you – this is going to be difficult. I'm just going to tell you right now, folks, uh, it's not easy because it's a new number. So you're going to have to put this in your phones, make a mental note. We'll even tweet out the number for you right now on 600 ESPN because our request line has changed. The 8805763 number has gone away for good, forever. That number is gone. Just a memory. Now, 915-505-609. That's 915-505-600. Now, it sounds confusing because the whole idea, by the way, there's another genius thing, okay? It would have been nice if the 600 would have been at the very end of the phone number. Because when I say 609, people are going to probably go 609 and they're going to be confused because they're missing a digit. No, it's 6009. So it's really 6009. But I'm trying to play the game of putting 600 on the air as a phone number. But again, when we asked for 600, the idea was either the first three digits would be 600 or the last three digits would be 600. Not of the final four, the first three of the four. Because here's our number. 915-505-6009. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. Because if I say 609, you're thinking 609. But it's not 609. It's 6009. But if I say 6009, now I'm screwing up the whole 600 idea for the phone, which is what they asked for in the first place. And now we got a, we just have a weird number, man. Uh, how do you want to describe this number? Yeah, I, I thought the same thing, Steve. I was like 505, 600. Nine. That just uh, the, the hanging nine just doesn't sound no. right. I'm I'm sad. I'm sad to say, oh. but uh, you know what? And there you go. I'm I gonna like say eight eight zero so many different times. So our number is five zero five six hundred and a hanging nine. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's probably the best way to go. Six hundred and a hanging nine. Because otherwise, if we say six zero nine, people are gonna dial up six zero nine, not not the extra zero. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna have to put that hundred. We're gonna have to say five zero five six hundred. Nine. That's five zero five six hundred nine. Oh my goodness! All right, that's exactly. Um, it's you know, it's like that uh, Howard Stern movie, Private Parts, when they go WNBC. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm gonna have to ingrain this in my brain, Steve. Like I'm gonna say eight eight zero. I know the you old are. Number. I'm well, how, about, how about how about Portaish? When he's wow. got to start doing this, what's he gonna do? I know we gotta preface this now. We gotta give him the scoop now. Yeah. Well, good news is Teich has. Um, about six months to have to worry about this number. Okay, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. So there's our new number, folks. 
915-505-600 and a hanging nine. The easiest way to get into the program. What a pain in the you-know-what. Oh, my goodness. Some people have us on speed dial. They have us saved in a contact as sports talk. Uh, Just update that contact list, and then you'll be good. This is coming from Leo underscore Miners fan. Someone uh, saw someone tweet, what if the Aggies got get one or both of the Newton brothers? Possibility. Listen, I'll say this. Anything's possible, all right? Anything is possible. So Greg Heyer is going to join us in the less than 10 minutes. Could we abs- I mean, could we say that there's a, a scenario where the Aggies, instead of the Miners, land the Newtons? That would be the ultimate slap. That would be the... That'd be a bigger slap in the face than what Will Smith did yesterday to Chris Rock. There we go, Steve. It's been an hour and 11 minutes, but we got there. Had to. Had to. So, thank you, Leo. That's the answer. And that's, that's, at least that's the answer I would say. By the way, how, you know, I don't watch the Oscars, all right? Uh, not in years. It's gotten way, way, way too political for me. But thanks to Twitter, I don't have to watch the Oscars live. I can catch it on on social media. And then when that whole thing happened and we got to see the Japanese version of the the thing and you got to listen to um, what Will Smith uh, did after he slapped Chris Rock, whoa. Some people think that that was actually staged. No, no, no. That was not staged. Not staged. And that just blew up Twitter like I haven't seen in a long, long time, Adrian. That was all anybody was talking about yesterday. That's that's all any, anybody's talking about today as well. And uh, in honor of Will Smith's slap, which by the way I'm on team I'm team Will today, Steve. Uh, I'm going to dedicate movie reviews all week to old Will Smith films. So I will really? dedicate all of them to, and maybe Chris Rock. Maybe I'll sprinkle Chris Rock in there. Well, I'm on I'm, I'm team Chris Rock. Wow. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. My attitude is this. Was Chris Rock wrong? Sure. Was it, a, was it a bad joke? Absolutely. Insensitive? You better believe it. Do you go up in the middle of a live performance and B-slap somebody right across the face? You don't. You don't do that. You wait till after the show. You do it behind closed doors. You, 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 you take them aside and you settle like that. You, don't, you just don't do that. You, it's a bad look. It's a bad look, in my opinion. And and again, I'm not condoning what Chris jo- Rock's joke was. It was a bad joke. Shouldn't that that was that that's but how many people have had bad jokes before? There's always been bad jokes. And the weirdest thing is Will Smith was laughing at the joke originally. And then if you saw Jada's face, she looked like she was visibly upset, and all of a sudden, I think Will Smith went from laugh to getting to, to being angry and then defending his wife in like a split second. He went into husband mode instead yes. of like actor or, you know, Oscar nominee role. Uh, you know, and that, that was the bottom line is he just went into husband role. He let his emotions get the best of him. And hey, I, I in that situation right there, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I'm team Will because I think you, you cross a little line right there. If you're Chris Rock, he didn't know probably uh, when that was going on uh, of the condition that she's dealing with that Jada uh, Smith could be dealing with right there. But um, yeah, Steve, I'm, I'm still team Will because he's, st- he's stuck up. He, 
he defended his wife in that situation. I'm not saying I would do the same thing. I'm a very non-confrontational guy when it comes to violence. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. It's a it's a tough one. I just thought it, it broke the internet. We're going to be talking about this for decades. And, uh, this will always be forever remembered as the Will Smith Oscars. Um, Brian from downtown is like, no phone today. Oh my! Do I have to really explain it to Brian? I mean, we just spent the last five minutes going through a new phone number. And, and poor Brian from downtown must have just tuned in. He's like, no phone today. Oh, we have phones, Brian. We have phones. New phone number. For good. New phone numbers. So, yes. All right. Well, tw- can we tweet out the phone number, please? It's already been tweeted. Oh, thank you. I'll retweet it. All right, okay, good. Uh, Greg Heyer is going to join us next live as Sports Talk continues. You will get a chance to hear from the new Aggies men's basketball head coach who we listened to earlier this uh, this show in his introductory press conference. But first, let's go to Charlie Wan with traffic. 20 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk as you listen to in the first hour of the show. The Aggies have a brand new head coach. He's Greg Heyer. And again, after playing the press conference uh, just a little while ago, now we get a chance to have uh, Greg on the program. Coach, uh, welcome to Sports Talk here in El Paso. And uh, congratulations on uh, being named uh, the 27th head coach uh, in Aggies history. Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate it. We enjoyed the press conference, Coach. Matter of fact, um, I took notes and I listened to everything you had to say, um, especially with the first four things, listen, try, apply, and compete. Now, we listen to you, um, and then as far as uh, we're concerned, uh, we always try around here. We apply all the time, and you better believe we compete for three hours a day on the radio for the last 20, oh, 30-something years now we've been on doing this. So, Coach, I like that. It's a, it's a good opening to, uh, to giving us a kind of little background uh, to you and, and what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, that's a simple philosophy that I've used my whole life, and it's, you know, all about, it's all about people, the type of people that you get in your program, and then, you know, holding them to a, to a standard, but the standard is, uh, it's a controllable of their own. Those are all things that are on them. It's not a talent thing at all. As far as uh, you go, and I and I heard you giving a lot of credit to Chris Jans. I've always thought that if they hire uh, Greg Hire, it's Chris Jans 2.0. But you're different personality wise. So right off the bat, are, do, you, are, do you, when you coach, are you as angry as Chris? Because that man gets you could tell you don't want to mess with him um, because when he's standing on the sidelines and he's um, shouting instructions to his team. I liken him to like a drill sergeant. If uh, I was to go into the military, that's exactly what I would expect, putting me through a, a series of basic training drills. Yeah, I, I get, I can, what gets me upset is if we're getting out tough or we're turning the ball over. I can get red-faced and mean as well. But, uh, you know, I, I coach with a lot of intensity, passion, and just competitiveness. But, uh, you know, our sideline, uh, the way we are on the sideline is, is a little different, but it can be similar at times. But I'm not going to lie to you, Steve. <laughs> That's all right, Coach. We're, we'll get a chance to sit down face-to-face and talk more about it in person soon enough. Although yeah. you didn't – there was one thing you didn't say in this press conference that I was waiting for. I was waiting for the play angry line that you used at Northwest Florida State College when you got the job, and obviously winning a natty in one season, people were talking about that. I was, I was waiting to hear about you know how the Aggies are going to play angry uh, with you as head coach. 
Oh, they're definitely going to play angry. Yeah, I, I, see, that's a good point. I did leave that out, and, and that's on me. But we're definitely going to play angry. That's the that's the model, as Drake would say, uh, is play angry. So, uh, um, and that's just that's just something that you know. I said I used it, the term "hair on fire," which is the same way because you're going to get real angry when your hair is on fire. So, uh, but yeah, we're definitely going to play angry, Steve. That's 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 just the way of life. Um, growing up in the play angry system. There you go. Coach Greg Heyer with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. How did you turn it around so quickly at Northwest Florida College? How did you do it in, in one season? Um, a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of accountability. You know, there were seven players that didn't make it from the beginning of the year till the end of the year, um, whether they were walk-ons or, or scholarship players. Um, you know, so I held them accountable at an extremely high level. I held them accountable at an extremely high level, and – um, you know, we worked hard daily, but we got better every day at the fundamentals. And, we, you know, they, they became great listeners. And, you know, that's the first thing because it's hard to get these kids to really listen. And then when they get tired, they listen less. And when they get agitated, they listen even less. So, you know, keeping a positive vibes and, and keeping them, uh, you know, their mind right is really huge to the whole model of listen, try, apply, and compete. And I was blessed to – over time, I mean, I had most of the group since June, so it was, you know, basically a 10-month deal together. And, you know, college basketball today is like that. You, In today's world with the transfer portal, you're, every year you're putting together a new roster and you got to maintain a new roster, so you got to be a general manager before you're a coach. So I had to be a general manager first and go out for, it. I mean, in six weeks, I put most of that team together in six weeks. Um, so it's just, you know, it's a testament to, to – you know, all the relationships that I have in this business that helped me and um, find not only good players, but some really good people as well that I got to coach. How much do you enjoy hitting the road and, and recruiting yourself? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love being around people. I love talking to people. I love giving the type of vision. And, you know, as you've been in it for 20-plus years you and you have, you know, Coach Fred Van Vliet for five years, you know, Ron Baker, uh, Skylar Mays for three years, uh, Tremont Waters, Niles Reed, I mean, Landry Shambas. Like, you have examples of guys that if you do listen, try, apply, and compete, and you work hard in these drills and you don't get bored with the process, you know, great things can happen to anybody. And so, uh, you know, that's all, you know, going out and just selling, you know, Telling your message and, and, and talking about what you're, you know, what I'm all about. I, I love it. I love recruiting. We're talking right now with Greg Heyer, new head coach of the New Mexico State Aggies here on Sports Talk uh, as we continue. Now, uh, when you go into a situation like this, uh, first things first, you're going to have to find yourself assistant coaches. What's your timeline to try to get uh, all three lined up for you here? Um, probably the next. Probably two to four weeks, I would say. Um, you know, uh, it's these these hires are going to be really, really important. Um, you know, I'm going to wait and see what happens here. Um, talk to those guys. I would love to, you know, keep somebody from this staff because of the continuity with the players. Uh, that's really important to me, and that's what I did at Northwest. When I, I kept Nate Lang, who was there, you know, the year before, and he really helped me in a lot of ways that uh, just you would never think of. So if it ain't broke, again, don't fix it. So, uh, you know, I'm 
but it's going to take you know Chris a little bit of time to see what he does, and then um, you know we'll sit down and, e- and evaluate the situation and and build relationships and and you know put together a, a, a staff that you know has the same vision that I have and surround myself with you know people that maybe are good at better at some of the things that I'm not so good at. Is there anyone right now, at least early on, that you can pretty much say, all right, I've got one right now. I need two more, but I've got one that I've already known that when I get a head coaching job, he's coming with me. He'll be my right-hand man. Well, I, one, for sh- one, unless you know Chris takes him, is Dominic Taylor. I've known Dominic for a long, long time. He was here last year. Um, you know, that's one for sure, uh, you know, at this point. And, uh, you know, I got some good guys that were my assistants, and, you know, I just got a, a – you know, make sure it's it's the right situation for for everybody involved. Um, but you know, besides, and Dominic could, you know, Chris could take him with him to Mississippi State. So there, there I would have zero. But I've got over a hundred messages of coaches that are, you know I know that I've had talks with over the years that if I got a job, they would love to come be my assistant, and they're they're great candidates. So. I know I'm going to put together a, a tremendous staff. I'm not worried about that, just like I'm not worried about putting together a roster of, of talent and, and good people. Coach, it's Adrian brought us back here. And it, like you were mentioning, it's not just about the current timeline right now, even with the whack in conferences, but it's also about thinking about Conference USA and joining that down the line. How do you envision that transition being down the road once it's all said and done? Um. I think it's basketball is basketball. I'm not even real. I just think it's more money for the school. It's um, like I said in the press conference. It's a better opportunity scheduling wise. Um, the WAC, but the WAC is a tremendous league and got some very good, very good uh, teams in it. But you know we're going to recruit like like we're recruiting at a Power Five. I mean we want we want the best players that we can get regardless of what league we're in, and we can do that here. You can get those type of players here, um, but. You know, it's a lot about who you know and and just what they're all about. Well, you saw it last uh, this past year. All you're running for the Natty. You got uh, Teddy Allen leading the way for the Aggies, but Jabari Rice, uh, such a good supporting group, such a deep, deep team, and a good nucleus you've got. So for you, I guess the next step is trying to re-recruit everybody, and I already heard the first part of that uh, during your press conference when you addressed uh, the players that were all there. Yeah, I mean, that's really important to me, and it's it's no different than anywhere that I could go, but think about the culture that's in place here. And, you know, when you're talking about a young man in Jabari Rice that's been here and been coached by Coach Jans for years and, and is just, you know, an all-time great here. So, um, And then just the other pieces that, that, that are around him that were tremendous players, you know, um, Peak and, and um, Mario and, and Will. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of them, and so re-recruiting them is, is the first step. And then, you know, bringing some other bringing other pieces in is, is super important too. As Jabari Rice is walking up to me, talking about talking about his jumper. Good, I like that. That's a, that's going to be a, a big part of it too. And uh, you'll learn the UTEP uh, New Mexico State rivalry very quickly, Coach, because the Battle of I tens uh, getting better and better, especially with Joe Golding now here getting into his second yep. season. And looking forward to seeing uh, plenty of great, uh, you know, plenty of great games between the two of you. No doubt, no doubt. Co- coach Golding's a good friend of mine, and he's a great coach and does a great job down there. Um, and 
it's going to be a, a tremendous battle every time we play. Um, you know, I just, that's, that's, that's a, we go, Joe and I go, we go way back. So, um, you know, he's there and I'm here. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think so, too. Uh, before I let you go, i got to ask you this. Give me your take on the transfer portal. Over 800 are in the portal right now. It just seems like it just continues to grow and grow every single year, and basically the uh, portal has made it very easy for players to try to change schools if things aren't going for them. How do you handle the portal, both grabbing players from it and also trying to keep players from going into it? Well, you know, the, the portal is – there's a lot of different ways to look at the portal, in my opinion. Uh, are you getting somebody from a winning program that, you know, you got to look at why they're leaving, um, the reason for it. Uh, you know, there's coaches that have gotten fired this year from strictly using the transfer portal, and there's coaches that have gotten extensions from using the transfer portal as well. So, uh, you know, you have to be strategic and smart and uh, – you know, you just you got to do your homework. It's no different than going out and recruiting a uh, a good high school player or a good prep school player or a good junior college player. You got to you got to do your research and um, you know make good decisions on the type of what's what's inside them. And you you really can't tell over you know a quick quick visit or a few conversations on the phone. You have to call around and you have to do your homework. Coach, you're going to be busy these next couple of weeks and months. We know that. But as things start to slow down, let's plan on having an extended conversation with you on the show, and uh, we'll look forward to meeting you face-to-face. Yes, Steve, that sounds good. You just you just uh, let Charlie know, or if you get my cell phone, let me know, and um, you know, I look forward to that. Sounds great, Coach. Appreciate the time again, and congratulations yep, on the opportunity. You. Thank you. Appreciate it. Greg Heyer, folks, the 27th head coach out at New Mexico State. 33 pass. Sports talk continues. Midway point to the program. Let's swing it back to Adrian and this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Much. Give me your impressions of what you just uh, had a chance to hear from Greg Heyer. Yeah, a lot of good takeaways. First off, love the name drop for the assistant coach that he's hiring, Dominic Taylor. Yeah. Uh, very interesting right there. Not sure if other people know about that either. But um, also, I love the fact that he mentioned better scheduling with Conference USA while not taking shots at the waxing. It's competitive as well. Uh, he goes way back with Joe Golding, so a familiar name, familiar face, familiar coach uh, as he heads over to the Southwest. And then he reiterated what you mentioned, the play angry mantra, and, and that how he wants to uh, continue with that with uh, the New Mexico State men's basketball program. And let's see which players return for next year's squad. He has a good chance of trying to re-recruit some of the current guys on the roster. Let's see which guys he ends up uh, convincing to stay. Yeah, that is going to be really interesting. Um, And then, by the way, apparently um, it sounds like John Rossian's already reporting that James Miller is going to be going an assistant uh, to um, Mississippi State, which is to be expected. There's no way you put yourself in for a job, lose it, and stay. That doesn't happen. So, it would only make sense that right now, um, you know, Chris Jans would take James Miller with him over there to Starkville. So that, as expected, will be happening. Yeah, and good for James Miller right there. Now he has a chance to be a lead bench coach and an assistant coach in an SEC program under Chris Jans. If Jans has success, that means Miller will be another coveted head coach down the line, and you know another program will take a chance and maybe give him an interview shot or even a head coaching uh, chance down the line. Yeah, I could see that too. So again, uh, really interesting developments happening today uh, with the news that higher goes to New Mexico State. And by the way, I mean, 
different demeanor, but let you you learn from Chris Jans, Greg Marshall, and Larry Eustacey, and you got a 92% win percentage from your time as a head coach in those six seasons, uh, you, you have a good idea of what he's going to be able to do. Now, is this junior college? No. This is Division One. This is WAC, soon to be Conference USA. Will things be as easy for Greg Hire here as they were every place else? Absolutely not. But the pedigree, the coaching tree, everybody. Look, Eustachius Floyd. Um, then you've got Jans, and you've got Greg Marshall. That's a really, really solid coaching tree background. Yeah, and it's also, you know, it's not just the coach, the X's and O's coaching background, but it's also the recruiting ties and the backgrounds that those uh, foundations really lay. I mean, like, you look at just the, the places that he's been at, the North, you know, Northwest Florida State, where he won the Junior College Championship, LSU, Wichita State, Southern Miss. Those are colleges where, you know, he probably was tasked to go off and recruit and, and learned and me and make those relationships with people so recruiting's a the bit one of the biggest parts in college basketball well he will be judged on how he recruits so we'll see this offseason what greg hire can bring and assemble here at new mexico state i'm looking forward to it i really am there's so many things i'm looking forward to number one how many players he keeps from the portal that's the first conversation okay and then once he accomplishes that who does he bring in then the style then you start to see what they can do and how much the aggies will just you know continue where they left off this past season yeah, that's what he wants. He wants to continue the momentum, build off the tradition and the, the program that Chris Jans built uh, in, in these past years. So he just wants to carry on that torch in, the po- in a positive way. By the way, do you notice that whenever they talked about Jans, it was like they were talking about God. Seriously, it's like he's the mo- he's like the most legendary uh, icon out there ever. In, yeah, in New Mexico State uh, men's basketball history. Yeah, I mean he goes there, and you have the three trips to the tournament, the one win this year, and to the second round, and uh, you know hanging banners and and all that stuff. I mean, Jans did exactly what he was supposed to do in Las Cruces, and now hopefully tee it up for Greg Hire to continue, and I'm looking forward to seeing the rivalry, especially when you started to hear Hire talk about how long he's known Joe Golding and how the two have gone back years and years. Yeah, and, and soon those two teams and programs will be conference mates. I mean, UTEP, New Mexico State, they play one-and-one. One. We know that in non-conference yep. play. What about in conference play when both teams have, uh, when it really matters and seeding is is in the, in the mix, and maybe they play a third time in the conference USA tournament. Good. So that those are all things to kind of keep in mind in the years to come. Well, this home-and-home home is going to take on an entirely new significance since they're going to be games that count that is uh, that's that's going to be even bigger than it is already Oh yeah, and and having March basketball with NMSU in the Battle of I-10 versus yep. a November game, I love that. You know, you're talking about relevant basketball games right there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, what's the earliest you're going to play is January. The latest you could play is early March, and then possibly mid March if you're playing the conference tournament. Yeah, I would love a conference tournament game that had that held a lot of st- uh, stock. You know, between these two teams, be a lot of fun. Twenty in front of uh, six as we continue here on Sports Talk. Our new number nine one five five zero five. 600 and a hanging nine. That's right. 915-505-6009. That'll get you into sports talk. We got lines available. Why? Because nobody knows the number. Well, now you know. So give us a ring. We'll talk to you in a moment right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue here on sports talk. If you love uh, new phone numbers, oh, we've got the best for you. We've got a new request line. After 30 years, we've changed our number. Why? Apparently we had to. That's what I was told. We had to change. So our new number from now on, 
until we do this in another 30 years. 915-505-6009. Or what did Brian from downtown tell you you should start calling it? Yeah, throw one? the O's. Throw the O's. The, the 6009. There you go. You know, we are um, 600 ESPN El Paso, not 600 ESPN El Paso. We like to say it is, you know, where are you on the dial? You can find us uh, 600. We're on the uh, AM dial. Oh, what if we just throw a big, like, oh, on there, something like that? Oh, my goodness is what I would have to say about that. I do like 600 and a hanging nine. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a winner so far. Why couldn't we have just been 505-9-600? Yeah. That, I mean, Why just would one... they possibly put a 600 in front of another number? What's I, yeah. the deal with the 600, Adrian? What's going on here? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with you. The hanging nine is so – it just doesn't look right. I'm no. looking at the number even written out here. It just doesn't look right. But you know what? If the nine was upside down, what would it be? There you go. It'd Another six. six. Uh-huh. And then we could have, um, you know, six zero zero six. That would have been perfect. So 505-600 upside down six. There you go. I like that too. 505-600 upside down six. That's how you call us up. There's the our show. phone number. Yeah. I li- That's I like good. It. it took us, uh, you know, two hours to figure this out. But, yeah, I like it. 505-600 upside down six. Gets you into the program. All right. That's good. Anyway, all right. Um, let's go to the phones right now, and we'll say hello to Restaurant Carlos, who joins us on the phone lines. Carlos, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, doing good, guys. Uh, I'm going to remember it as 6, and then a pause, and then 009. Ooh, I like that, too. Doesn't have love, anything to do with six. You know what the saddest part is? Is that all they wanted to do was get 600 into the number, and this stupid number does not give any good justice to 600. It really doesn't. I mean, you can't. You can't do it. There's no way to do that. So you just said 6009. Doesn't do anything to 600, which defeats the purpose of what they tried to do in the first place. Adrian, is it possible that we can get another number and get rid of this number and do it again? Can we call this the burner number like we did before and then use an alternate number? I think that's a good idea, Steve. I think we got to explore into this. We got to call our cell phone provider, maybe switch it up. I don't don't know. We got to figure this out. Uh, I will request that if we can, Carlos, because what I want is either the 600 is the prefix. Or the 600 ending the number. Because if it was 915-600, and then I don't care what the last four digits are. As long as it's got 600, we're good, right? Right. There you go. All right. Well, we got another line ringing. I can't believe people are actually starting to remember this phone number. That's even better. All right. Go ahead, Carlos. I just wanted to wish you guys uh, congratulations because I'm old school and getting a new phone number was like a big deal. Yes. So uh, I guess congratulations on that. And and, uh, I hadn't spoken to you guys in a while. Haven't uh, found a lot of new restaurants. Uh, the, there is one on Wyoming Street uh, at the intersection of Wyoming and Dallas. Mm. It's called Las Palmas. Okay. And it's not like the Las Palmas way out there on the east side. Uh, this is a tiny little restaurant and uh, uh, highly recommended. It and it's really good. It's it's what they call comida casera. Mm. So uh, which, what? Which, which means homemade, homemade uh, style cooking. What's the? Um, by the way, what? Now I understand this. Uh, what is the specialty of the house? 
at uh, Las Palmas? Uh, they have uh, enchiladas suizas, which were really good. And uh, I've had that, and I've had their, their caldo de res. Mm. And it's just really good. So so when you, ever, when you guys have a chance, uh, um, now, you guys should head out there. Is this the same place that also has uh, locations on George Dieter in Zaragoza? No, no, totally different. Okay, okay, good. Thanks totally for the different. tip on that. Appreciate it, Carlos. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Yeah, and again, uh, congratulations. And uh, thank you. Uh, I guess um, <clears throat> the Gonzaga thing uh, should maybe I, I should switch teams because I've I've had them winning my my uh, bracket thing for the past I don't know four or five years, and they keep disappointing. Uh, so I don't know where where they're going next year, and uh, maybe I should just change and get someone else. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Because yeah, they just they break your heart every time, don't they? They really yes, do. That's right. And and and, and NMSU actually, I, I did have them going a little bit further, and uh, glad to hear that they've got a new coach, and I uh, hope they continue doing well. And yep. uh, well, let's get going, miners. Good job, Carlos. Appreciate the call. Thanks for getting in, Brian from downtown. Will be our second person on the new phone lines. What's going on, Brian? Brian, how are you? Pretty good. How's it going, guys? Well, we're doing okay, Brian. We're doing okay. But the whole idea of this phone number was to incorporate 600 in there, Brian, and it's so difficult now. Well, you know what? I, I think you're losing, You're missing the obvious. Let me hear. Okay? Okay. It's 509! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, I don't know how much I don't know how much the bosses are going to like that, but I do think it's pretty funny. Well, I like just, that. It shows that they better live with it. There you go. Or we better get a new number, right? We just switched. Let's switch again. Why? why? Let's keep switching, Brian, until we get it right. What do you think? I think it's great. And by the way, Steve, yeah. while while you were uh, while I was listening to you on the phone, I happened to just pass that restaurant you're talking about. Oh, really? Yeah, I just I just sent you a photo of it. Oh, that's awesome. I'm on, I'm on the way to the Hall of Fame meeting, and it's you know there you go. I got to go down Wyoming. So. Good, very nice. Maybe we have to check out Las Palmas. That sounds like a winner. There you go. Now you know what it looks like. That's awesome. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. Good to Later. have you call in. Take care. Later. Brian from downtown as we continue here on Sports Talk. I like that. He sent me he did send me a photo. Let me see. It's oh. good, Steve. I've been there once. It's very close to where I live uh live now. And uh I like this place. I've only been there for breakfast. I haven't had the mariscos, like the seafood type of stuff that they do as well. But uh pretty solid place. I like it. I'm looking right now what they have. Looks like they have some really good stuff. Calditos, pescado, uh tortillas de Nopalitos, pescado. Nice, okay. Right. okay. It's going to be pretty good. Yeah, I'm, good. I'm down. Let's do it. All right, it's very nice. All right, anyway, we'll come back. Final hour next. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back, everybody. Final hour underway. Twitter's getting going uh, with some good uh, tweets. Let me uh, get those to you. Steve Kaplow, it's Adrian Broadus with you. Cesar Esparza, it's been 8805763 since Teicher was the man. What's this BS? 
By the way, Cap, not sure about that Seinfeld impression. Well, first off, Caesar, the fact you even know it's a Seinfeld impression is a positive thing. Yeah, it's terrible. I don't do impressions for a reason. They're awful, all right? But you still guessed it was Seinfeld and not something else. So there you go. That at least you got the impression correct, even though I know it's bad. And that's why I don't do impressions. Simple as that. No reason to. They're awful. I didn't grab the Seinfeld reference. You didn't? No, I didn't. Did you ever watch Seinfeld? I've, I've watched Seinfeld. I can't tell you lines. I've probably watched uh, you know, the first four seasons of it, maybe, okay. and then that's about it. But I, I need to dive into it and actually watch every single episode chronologically. Well, let me tell you something. Caesar knows, so thank you, Caesar. As far as, as, far as the BS with the phones, I don't know. They every, every phone number we had on all three stations were taken down last week, and I don't know why that's the case today. I mean... It, it, you know, the Q's request line has changed. Kiss's request line has changed. Ours has changed. I have no idea. I have no, well, actually, I do have an idea. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but uh, yeah, I, all, all I do know is we've got a new line. Do we pay the bill? No, we have paid a bill. The people who we paid a bill to increased the bill. That's, that's what ended up happening. Wait, the people we paid the bill to increased the bill for a specific number. So rather than pay more money for those numbers, we've got new numbers. This is what I was told. Yes, directly. And uh, I hope I'm not in trouble for saying this, but that's exactly right. Oh, boy. All right. Well, c'est la vie. Maybe let's get a GoFundMe going for our old number. But here's what I don't understand, okay? So we requested, like, certain things in the new number. We got it. So, like... How would they give us 600 in our new number if they wanted to charge us more for the 8805763 number? I know, I'm with you 100%. I think it was one of those things. I don't know, but I do I that was what I was told on my side. They gave me a quick explanation as to why and I was like, "Well, okay, I guess." I don't know. Listen, um, you know, I guess we're all about trying to save a buck. I, I that's fine. That's it's not a big deal there. So, better it come out of our new number than our salary, right? Okay, I like that. I like where you're thinking right there. We can live with 505-600 with a hanging nine at the end. Yeah, maybe so. Or 600 uh, with a, uh, what'd you call it, a upside-down Upside-down six. Six. Yeah, yeah. Please. Or 6009. Ugh, it's just not good. Anyway, we'll work on this. We're, We're going to have to tweet better. it out every day and every also day. an app alert this every day. Every day. By the way, do we know if we're listening on the app and we hit I pro- call? I, I already looked, and unfortunately, Does- it goes to the old number. Oh, so for already- crying out I loud. I know. We didn't even migrate this on the, the app. app. is not even working. Oh, jeez. What a letdown. I know. I know, man. All right. Well, it happens. Um, Steve on Wrestler. Back in the day, Sal had an ad where he wrapped the phone number, and it helped me remember. I strongly recommend he do it again. Yeah, can we get Sal to rap the new number? Yes, and Angel Munoz, our other producer, he can make the beat. So he'll make the beat. Sal maybe can rap it. We'll, we just got to come up with this. Jojo Ortiz tweets the program. New number kind of reinvigorates the phone lines, eh? Hey, I still prefer tweeting, LOL. Random question, but how does it work when you guys partner up with restaurants to air the weekly shows? Are they um, are they uh, new sports bars or restaurants in the works? Are there any new sports bars or restaurants in the works? Um, yes, JoJo. So the way it works is 
if you pay us, we'll come and broadcast live from your location. That's how it works. Hey, if you want me to come to your house, JoJo, as long as there's a significant enough investment that I can show my bosses and they sign off on it, I'll broadcast from your living room, all right? I have I have said for years, Sports Talk would be happy to make house calls um, if if everything works out right. So that's how it works. You give us a strong enough Ethernet line, and we can make magic happen, JoJo. That's what we do here on this program. I thought you were going to say if you give us strong enough enchiladas, like homemade enchiladas, mm. then we're in for sure. Yeah, but if the Ethernet line's not good enough, we can't make it happen. You know, we got to have the good – that's that's the key. That's the whole – that's the name of the game. Um, I am hearing, by the way, there are rumblings that a monthly locomotive coaches show on location – could be coming within the next two weeks. Wow, that's excellent news, Steve. Yes. I'm, I'm so fired up about this right here. Yes. So that's what they're working on next. That's our next project. Uh, oh, and by the way, we've got, you know, if as soon as we finalize it, we've got one for you at the end of next month that are absolutely going to blow you guys away. Blow you guys away. It's going to be awesome. All right? I'll give you a clue. It's not in El Paso. But it would be, um, if this happens, which I think it's going to, I think it's going to come to fruition, it's going to be amazing because it's something we've never done before. That's all I'm going to say. That's my clue. It is something Sports Talk has never, ever done before. We're going to make it happen. I I know the secret. We're going to make it happen. It's going to happen next month. I'm manifesting it. I'm throwing it out into the universe right now. I think so. JoJo did tweet that his wife can definitely dish out the enchiladas. Sweet. Okay. So that's that's half the battle, right? We got a little checklist going on. That is that is half the battle. I would like to um I would like to eventually do some kind of contest where we we I don't know how it would work, but the winner would be able to have sports talk from their home. Wow. We should, you know, like we partner up a lot of different times where we profile and, and uh, bring a lot of nonprofits on. Maybe that's a good way we could partner up with some of these nonprofits and do something out there for like a silent auction if that That'd opportunity cool. ever came up. And then all we got to do is just get some restaurant friends of ours to cater it. So yes. all of a sudden, you not only do you get the show, but you get free food as part of it. And uh, we just make a big make a big event out of it, you know. Yeah, I could see the person who's hosting us inviting like a bunch of people and having a little kickback in the backyard, listening and uh, and and being a part of it, kind of like a fly on the wall. How cool would it be, seriously though, if we do a contest and the winner gets Sports Talk live from their home? That would be so cool, seriously. Like I, I would, I would love to do something like that. I would love to be, um, you know, with some listeners at their home and and doing something like that. Plus, involve some of our great sponsors and yeah. bring some of uh, some food to their home as well. We can we can make that happen. I've always wanted, uh, you know, look. I always wanted a broadcast from my home. Thanks to COVID, I did it for a year. All right? I wanted one. All I wanted was one show. One show from the house. That turned into a year. Okay? And then we came back last March, started doing studios again. But I would like to do some kind of contest where the winner gets to have sports talk live from their home in front of them and invited guests that they that they would invite, not us. They invite, and then we just show up. We bring the food, and we actually allow sports talk either live from your living room or from your backyard or some area where people can conjugate. 
I really like this because you could have a lot of members of the family. You could have the uncle who's a big Raiders fan, yeah. and he jumps on and talks football with us. You could have uh, the niece who's involved in sports. Maybe she's playing in high school somewhere. Maybe we're profiling her as an athlete or something like that. I feel like there's a lot of things we could do here with this. I'm with you on that one. Wow, and somebody's even calling the phone lines. That's incredible. Our new number, 915-505-6009. If you forgot the number, we tweeted it out earlier in the show. So just... Do me a favor, save it, bookmark it, add it to your contacts, do whatever. So that way, when we uh, ask for people to call in, you've already have the number saved, and you don't even have to worry about it. See, that's also the beauty of cell phones. You don't even have to bother with um, listening to the show and remembering the number. Just save the number, 915-505-6009, and you're good to go, right? Easy enough. Just save us in your contacts. Everybody's got a phone of some sort. Just uh, throw it there. Yeah, exactly right. Now, um, so that's and by the way, the, um, you know, at least at least Charlie One knows the number. Yeah, Charlie's got our number down. He's he knows exactly what we're doing. Good. Hey, Jabari Rice was asked about uh, his new head uh, coach, um, Greg Heyer, after the press conference, oh, and uh, I, I would love to play that audio for you, which hopefully we can do in a little bit. So that would be something that I think that a lot of people would, would like to listen to uh, on the show. So we'll see if, in fact, we can make that happen. So, yes, earlier uh, after the presser, Jabari Rice uh, was uh, – Colin Deaver had a chance to talk to Jabari and asked him about the new head coach for men's basketball at New Mexico State, Greg Heyer, who you listened to last hour. And if you caught the beginning of the show today, we played the opening press conference for the first 40 minutes live. Uh, here is what Jabari Rice had to say about Greg Heyer as the new Aggies men's basketball head coach. I am so interested to see what happens with Jabari Rice and some of the other members of the Aggies, aren't you? How big do you think the transfer portal is going to get with them after this is all said and done? Yeah, it could definitely be a mass exodus as far as players entering the portal, but I think it's more about the players you keep. I mean, which guys did you actually keep from last year's group? And uh, atop the list, seems to, it seems to be Jabari Rice. Uh, you know, Teddy Allen announced over the weekend that he could be looking at pro at the pro basketball route instead of coming back yeah. uh, for New Mexico State. So, I'm if I'm New Mexico State right now, I'm zeroed in on trying to keep Jabari Rice and Aggie. 15 past, the sports talk continues. Before we get to Charlie One, um, another great success story for Brian Birds and his team, and it involved Carly and Devin, who are relocating to another city, and you know what? They needed to sell their northeast side home. So here's what they did. They turned to the agent who could give them the best advice and get it done for them. That's right, Brian. Very quickly, those offers were coming in, and Brian and his team were there to advise them on which offer to accept because, you know what, it's not always about choosing the highest offer. So here's what they did. They accepted one that was $10,000 over the asking price, and now they can move ahead with their relocation with extra cash in hand thanks to Brian Birds of the Brian Birds Home Selling Team powered by EXP Realty. Now, if you're worried about leaving money on the table if you sell your home, you don't have to worry, and here's why. Brian can guarantee to sell your home for a price and deadline you both agree to, or he'll buy it himself. That gives you the chance to make an offer on another home without any fear of ending up with two mortgages because you know when and for how much your current home will sell. So call the official real estate agent of UTEP and El Paso Locomotive FC, not to mention the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Again, his name is Brian Birds. Check him out online at brianbirds.com or Google Brian Birds, B-U-R-D-S, and start packing. 
Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. 20 past the hour. 8805763 was the old number. We got rid of that one. Trashed it. Threw it in the garbage can. Scrapped it. Whatever. It's now 915-505-6009. 915-505-6009. Or 915-505-600 uh, and a hanging nine or 915-505-600 and an upside down six. Uh, what else is there? Oh, 915-505-6009. Look, I don't know how long this number is going to last. Could be forever. Could be five minutes. I I don't know. So we'll see. We will see. Store it. Save it. That way we don't have to keep mentioning it every day, every hour, because we don't know what to do with this number yet. We just don't know. You know what? Add it to your contacts, and that way you can just hit – Sports Talk, phone number, click, and it just rings through. Sports Talk on speed dial. I'll make sure that we post this on Twitter daily. I'll make sure that we also uh, throw this out on our app alert. So if you're opening up our app, you can also see that there. The one thing we got to ask uh, the people above us is to fix the number on the app. So we'll get that done this week. More tweets coming in, okay? JoJo Ortiz, who's ready for his wife to make us enchiladas to broadcast live. A fan sports talk would be epic. I agree, JoJo. I want to do it. Uh, Chris Banks, how about a show in Austin before the UTEP Texas basketball game next season? Ooh, okay, I like it. That'll be good. Can we broadcast live from Rodney Terry's pad with all of his shoes? Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. I like that. I heard he's got a two million dollar house in Austin. Maybe he's got room for us to crash it and broadcast the show. Yeah, it might be an extra room or two or you three think? or four. Maybe I like that. What does two million get you in Austin these days? The prices for homes are crazy there. Yeah, probably a, a one bedroom apartment or something. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised, but we'll see. Uh, Chris, I like the idea. Neff Poppy, 825-5600 would have been great, or 426-3600, fill in the blanks. Um, yeah, I like that, Neff Poppy. That's not happening. So, listen, we, it is what it is, all right? Our new studio line is this number here, and we, we're making the best of it. All right. Um, I saw a take from Felix Chavez on Twitter that I completely disagree with. Okay, now Felix is a member of the media, just like us. Just got into the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame last year. He's been doing this now for a while with the Times. But here is the tweet from Felix, okay? And and this one I, I just disagree with. In response to the Tristan Newton going into the transfer portal uh, message from earlier today, Felix writes, Tristan has chance to be a pro. He already found success in a better conference than CUSA. Can't see him going down to a subpar conference. It um, it would be nice to see him back here at UTEP, but previous coaching staff screwed that up, as did most schools. Hope to see him at a big school. All right. In my so here's the thing about Felix. He's right about the previous coaching staff at UTEP screwing it up. All right. They dropped the ball. They admit it. They all do. That's what we wrote the article about it six days ago with Tristan Newton. Uh, uh, you know, they didn't recruit him. They didn't recruit Juwan. It was a mistake. They admit it was a mistake. They know. It's not a, it doesn't take a genius. Um, biggest mistake Rodney Terry's staff made was not putting, you know, showing attention to Tristan. That We all know that, okay? And to some extent, Juwan, because he's developed nicely at Evansville over the last four years. All right? He has. But understand this, okay? 
using Felix's logic about finding success in a better conference than CUSA and going down to a subpar conference. If that's the case, Jamal Biennemi never should have landed at UTEP. Why would a guy who started his first two seasons in the Big 12 at Oklahoma and played in the NCAA tournament, why would he settle for a transfer to UTEP and come into a lesser league than the Big 12? Where it wasn't like he was a bench player. He was a two-year starter. So therefore, to me, the whole Felix Chavez argument, you got to throw it out the window. Because if you're going to go from the Big 12 to Conference USA, there's no reason why Tristan Newton couldn't do it, especially if UTEP comes at him with the package deal. We'll take you and your brother, his grad transfer season at UTEP. You guys can play together in the same backcourt one more season for the first time since Burgess High School. And you want to know something? That's the kind of offer that very well could convince Tristan to come back to El Paso and and spend next season for Joe. And then you give them uh, a year of jo- to, to let Joe Golding win him over the way everybody else has been, and hopefully you get to keep him for the following year as well. Yeah, I agree with him on the subpar conference, though. I, I do agree that, hey, if you're coming to, to conference, you say that is a step down, so that does need to be said. Uh, I don't agree with the part where it's where he's saying, you know, hope to see him at a bigger school, but most schools didn't really recruit him. So, like, you know, by that logic, if those schools like UTEP that didn't recruit him, didn't show him attention uh, before, why would he go off and say, well, now I want to join one of these bigger schools, even though they didn't look at me before, you know, in my uh, high school career? You know, coming to UTEP, you're looking at the, one of the biggest advantages, and that is the possibility of him teaming up with his brother, Jawan, who's also in the transfer portal and playing with his alongside his brother uh, in his college career. That's the best advantage UTEP has right there. Besides that, if you, were, if you were to tell me that Tristan Newton has all these offers from Power 5 schools yeah. and that he ends up at one of those schools, great. I'm going to actually go ahead and celebrate the fact that he could do that. There's a lot of success, recent success, with guys from the AAC transferring out to Power 5 schools and having success success in their next move the only thing that would bother me would be if Tristan and Juwan play in a mid-major other than UTEP like if they decided to play together out of El Paso that would be a slap in the face but as long you're right if Tristan goes up to a high major good for him that's hey that's what it's all about right you spend your last two years playing in the SEC the Big 12 the Pac-12 the uh, Big 10 the ACC, that would be great. And by the way, don't be surprised about the ACC. He's right in their backyard playing in East Carolina these last three years. That's exactly right. And another thing, don't be surprised if another school – I know that we're saying that a package deal is is possibly there for UTEP. Um, if another uh, school really wants him, like really, really badly, and they can afford having uh, Jawan Newton as a walk-on player or a partial scholarship, which we've seen uh, thrown around to different players, and they get an academic scholarship on one end, which helps them pay for some of the schooling, yep. maybe that's the case as well. So maybe he does have a chance to play with his brother. Maybe it, it wouldn't be the case here. At Utah. I don't know. Those are all uh, possibilities right there. Which then leads us to the question about how many minors will be leaving the program. We'll give you that update next as we continue here on the show. But first, right back to Adrian in this final Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. Now, as we said earlier in the show, um, minor fans, brace for impact. 
I'm just going to leave it at that, okay? Um, no names have officially gone into the transfer portal or turned pro as of yet. So as of Monday, 6.30 on the 28th of March, nothing has happened with this roster. However, um, I just want minor fans to understand that there is a likelihood, could it be a strong likelihood, that this roster completely turns over and every major contributor from last season is gone. Some uh, of the uh, players could turn pro, Others could hit the portal. We don't know for sure what's going to happen. But, Adrian, I just think it's better to tell minor fans right now that are that we're hoping that Joe Golden can run it back with this roster next season that there is a, there's a chance, and it probably is a good chance, that this team is going to look completely different next season than it is right now. And it's not Joe Golding's fault. Understand this. I think the players love playing for Joe. I really do. But some might be chasing the dollars going pro. Others might have um, other schools already contacting them or their coaches or whatever. I mean, there are so many things in play with college basketball today. And I just think that ultimately uh, this UTEP team is going to be uh, given a massive facelift for, ne- facelift for next season. Yeah, and, uh, and to men- uh, something to also mention is a lot of these current players don't make their own decisions, and you, you take that for what it's worth. It's just true. It's college basketball nowadays. You have a handler. You have uh, your AAU coach. You have your parents. You have family members, whether it's your uncle or a cousin or something along those lines. Those guys are making a lot of those decisions for these big basketball players yep. across college basketball, and it's just it's the reality. I don't like it. It's just what we see across the board. So, uh, let, you know, take whatever. Take player X on UTEP's current roster. He might love Joe Golding. He might have nothing but good things to say about Joe Golding in this UTEP men's basketball program. But because of, you know, circumstances happening at home or uh, people influencing his decisions off the court, he'll, he won't be here next year. And so I, I do agree with you. I think it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be a, an entirely new roster. The one thing that you can hang your hat on with Joe Golding is last week he assured minor fans that the brand is better for UTEP basketball so now it's up to this staff to go out and recruit the right players for this team. Which is a huge, huge task because let's be honest, the nucleus last season were mostly holdovers from the Rodney Terry era. Jamal Biennemi, Sule Boom, Titus Verhoeven, Christian Agnew, Keontae Kennedy. That nucleus was very much the previous staff. So if you lose a good chunk of them and suddenly you need to replace your whole backcourt um, you got to you got to hit. You got to make sure. Which is why, really, this is going to be a huge recruiting season for uh, Joe Golding and his staff. Because if you lose a bunch, especially that backcourt, um, it almost makes the uh, it almost makes the Newton brothers essentials or something close enough that you can replace the scoring you could lose. I, I honestly think that you're going to have to start looking as soon as tomorrow for for uh, pl- players in the transfer portal, names that we might see pop up. We saw a few today out of the women's basketball team uh, enter the transfer portal, and now we, we could be seeing men's basketball players enter the portal because last week Joe Golding also hinted that player meetings would happen yep. uh, this week. He wanted to recruit last week, but player meetings could be happening this week. Those are those exit interviews, and the players are allowed to go and talk to compliance and ask about a waiver or an NCAA 
uh, and enter the NCAA transfer portal officially so that uh, schools can uh, contact these players. So those are all things that we're going to have to keep on our radar in the next coming days. Here's the toughest part, okay? Here's the toughest part. Some players you have to get rid of. And what I mean by that is, if you watch UTEP basketball this past season, you know that there are guys with scholarships that quite simply can't cut it. You know. You've seen it. So those are players you have to you have to turn over. You've got to figure out ways to replace them with better players that are going to help you. And then you have guys that are in your rotation that, like we said earlier, could either go someplace else in the portal or turn pro because there's a, it's a veteran roster with a lot of older players. So if that happens, that combined with the bottom of the roster that you need to really try to turn over, it's, it's definitely possible that you could have eight to ten scholarship players go after this season when it's all said and done. Yes, and I think there are two guys from the uh, previous coaching staff regime who ended up leaving who really paved the way or maybe could have paved the way in, think, in some of the thinking for these guys, like Anthony Tark, who's had success playing in the G League for Detroit, didn't play in an NCAA tournament game, had success at the mid-major level, and he just proved to draft scouts that, he, hey, he might not make an NBA roster right away, but he could develop in the G League. That's one right there. And then Bryson Williams is the other. Yep. He had success at the Power 5 level, and he, he played at, at some of the biggest stages there is when it comes to college basketball at the NCAA tournament level. That's right. That's a good. Those are good examples. Recent examples of that so much. Um, so, yeah, this is a, uh, it's just such a key, key uh, part. And since nothing's happened yet, I know there are some fans that are still keeping their fingers crossed and hoping, but we're just telling you, folks, um, from what we hear, and again, nothing's official, but from what we hear, don't be surprised if a large number of contributors from this team are not on the roster next year. It's very, very possible. And for the key players, Adrian, it seems like pro basketball could be the avenue of choice over going into the portal and going someplace else. Yes, I agree with you there because uh, these guys, and you have to remember who those key guys are. These key guys who are on this team, the 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 significant contributors on this group, they've played college basketball for a long time they now. Have. And and at, at some point, you might just think, hey, it's it's time for me to move on. Like the COVID year gave you that extra year of eligibility to always have. The NBA has also granted all their players the ability to enter a scouting combine or enter uh, a, a scouting. Program process and then return for college eligibility if they wish while still hiring an MBA agent, which is very interesting to also note. So that's right, assuming there are still scholarships left at that point. Because if somebody tests the MBA waters, gets their evaluation, and then decides that they want to come back, well, you got to hope there's still a spot waiting for you at that point, and it hasn't been taken by somebody else. And these conversations with pro basketball teams can carry out well into the summer. In fact, the summer is the bread and butter. That's yep. when they do the NBA showcase for G League players and, and bring in rookie guys on the summer deals and stuff like that. So uh, the, the summer's prime for that, and by the time the summer comes around for college basketball, all the great recruits are already gone. There's no need. There's no sense of recruiting at that point. 100%. All right, 21 in front of seven. 
as we continue here getting ready to go into our final countdown. If you want to weigh in on the show, we have a new studio number, a new studio line. It's 915-505-6009. That's 915-505-6009. That'll get you right on in to Sports Talk and 600 ESPN El Paso.